Hello and welcome to this Christmas edition of Talking Flutes. I am Jean-Paul Wright and I'm down in Hove with Claire. Hi Claire. Hello again Jean-Paul. The opening music was called Chestnuts. I'm sure you recognise that by newly Grammy award winning musician Jose Valentino. Right Claire, Christmas. Yep, it's the 23rd. It is. Of December. Two you, days to go. It is. It's very Christmassy in here, but very classily Christmas. You're not. You haven't overdone it, but it's very. You know, it's Christmas, but it's there's touches. Well, we've got the lights on now. You have indeed. Yes, and we've got. Well, in our front, where we actually have two trees. Mm-hmm. We've got the the traditional one. Yep. And we have a what I call my twig. It's a trunk with branches and lights on it. You can plug it in. Yes. Now let's talk about what you put on the top of it. Because around the world, everyone puts different things on the top, don't they? It could be an angel, it could be a fairy, it could be a bauble, it could be something that your kids made, that they want to be on top of the tree. And you know, it's not, let's be really honest about it. Some of the kids things that my kids made were pretty, pretty damn awful, but they made it to the top of the tree. Yeah, well, we've always we've always had a fairy on the top of the Christmas tree. We have a, a tradition each year that there are some things that always go on the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And the fairy has always been on the Christmas tree for 28 years or so. But the last the fairy years, now then? Well, it was getting a little bit battered <laughs> and the wings had fallen off a long time ago. We've been sticking them back on, but they kept falling off. So this year I've bought a Father Christmas tree topper. I had to say that really carefully. Yes. And he's about a foot tall mm-hmm. and slim. Well, you know, the, the topper is slim. And, and he just, as you can see, it just sits on the top of the Christmas tree and it's looking rather lovely. He's got a very large hat, very long hat. A very, very long hat, yes. So um, really quite pleased with that. You see, over here in the UK, we don't have Thanksgiving, so our decorations aren't up at the beginning of December. Well, I know some people do, but... Ours really at, at home. Mine doesn't go up until the middle of the middle of December. Yeah, we we normally do it about two weeks before, at, at the earliest. You know, we might might uh, do it even a little bit later. But it's a great time, isn't it? Great time for for those of us. I mean, there'll be people listening to this that sadly don't view this Christmas period as a as a lovely time. You know, through loss or through. Um, family and friends being away from where they are any one time but for those of you who are lucky enough and privileged enough to be with family and friends at this time it's great isn't it it is I mean it it is what you make it for for us it's always been a time for family so I'm very lucky that uh, both my children are home for Christmas we generally have a, a big family meal on Christmas day this year, actually, actually, no, the third time in about 30 years, I'm not cooking Christmas lunch. Because mm. normally I cook Christmas lunch and everyone comes here. But we're actually going to my brother's, who lives very close by, walking distance, even better. So um, Christmas morning is going to be rather lovely. It's going to be very, very relaxed. Maybe open a few presents, drink a bit of champagne, walk to my brother's, have lunch. <laughs> Do you champagne or Buck's Fizz? Champagne. Oh, that's posh, isn't it? You go straight into champagne. I, I think on Christmas Day you have to have champagne. God. Or, I live in Sussex. Uh, you do? Oh, yeah, there is. Sussex ups- have fantastic sparkling wines. You can't call them champagne. No. So we have Night Timber, Night Timber oh. Ridgeview and Whiston. 
I had some night timber last week, and it was my one of my favourite sparkles ever. It's stunning, and interestingly, their main blender, who's who's a lady, I I can't remember her name, but on a blind testing of champagnes and sparkling wines last year, she won as the top blender of the world. She really? beat all the champagne houses, which is quite an incredible feat. So, Nightember probably top this the list. This podcast comes sponsored courtesy of <laughs> Nightember. <laughs> this Christmas sponsor. No, we don't, but um, you, you're right. Nightember is is uh, it's very close to you, isn't it? Very close, yes. I had a, um, lucky enough, I won a prize last year for a private tour with a group of, of eight of us. And after the tour of, of the vineyard and brewing areas, we had a taste of all their sort of champagne type wines, and it was very, very delicious. Cool, I'd be bladdered after a champagne uh, tasting session. We had a minibus. <laughs> we were fine. We were fine. <laughs> just as well, just as well. Right, Claire, um, obviously we're not just going to talk about Christmas because this is a flute podcast. When you were a student, come Christmas, and you obviously came back from music college, uh, or even when you were a professional, did you feel the need to have to practice? It all depended on work. So if you were... You know, Christmas can be a, a quite a busy time. So I always tried to make sure I would have time off between Christmas and New Year, which I mainly, mainly managed to do. And I gave myself permission to have time off because if I'd worked hard up to that time, then I could take time off. And I think that's the key. So the last thing you want to do is be feeling guilty. We have to plan practice like you plan anything else. So you make sure that you do what's needed to be done up to Christmas and then start practising after Christmas Day if you've got things very early in the new year. Give yourself permission. Now, that's an interesting interesting way to look at it, isn't it? Instead of feeling guilty, as you say, mm. you actually give yourself advanced permission to take your chosen amount of time off. Absolutely. If you work hard, you can take time off and you, you shouldn't worry about that. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. Guilt doesn't get you anywhere. So if you plan, it's like any... I think we've talked about this in general practice. If you plan your practice, if you're a professional, let's say, and you plan your practice like a job, you know, not you know that you're going to do two or three hours practice in the morning and maybe another hour in the afternoon. And then the next day, because you've worked hard the de- one day, the next day you take the afternoon off, or you take the evening off, or you take the morning off, because you've worked hard before it. But... If you are feeling extremely guilty or you just feel the need that you have to, uh, Pete's dreaming again. Pete the dog is, no, no, he's just waking up actually. I'll expect the tail to go in a minute. Um, no, if you're feeling really guilty about not playing, do you think just going upstairs and just doing, fifth, or into your music room and doing 15 minutes just to satisfy your brain? Well, or, or do you honestly believe, just stop, just don't do it? Obviously everyone's different, but... If, you, if you've got nothing pressing, if you, if you know you're going to take sort of a, a week generally off, then it's, it's very nice just to play for fun. <laughs> and, um, and that's off what I used to do. So, you've got, so you know you don't have to practice hard. You can just go and play. I mean, my Christmases when I was at college, presents used to be pieces, music, mm. sheet music. And then I couldn't wait to go and yeah. try them out. I remember my brother gave me... Uh, the Nielsen Flute Concerto one Christmas. 
And in those days, it was a really expensive piece of music. Mm. So Christmas Day, I'm playing Nilsson Flute Concerto. It was absolutely fantastic. So, you know, play for fun um, and enjoy it rather than feeling that it's, it's work that you have to do. Well, do you know what I used to do? Because I used to be one of these that were really guilty. I used to go and play Christmas carols, Christmas songs, uh-huh. because it meant that I could do my slow note practice, and it means I could practice. But the par- my parents, who always wanted me to stop and not have, not do anything on Christmas Day, also New Year's Day, but they thought that I was just being Christmassy. I was actually practicing uh, my long notes, for example. Mm. Yeah. That was just my little way of doing it, being Christmassy and very doing the same serious. Thing. Serious flute player. Yeah, it was in those days. <laughs> I don't know what's happened since. <laughs> right, what do you want under your Christmas tree, Claire? Oh, well, that's interesting. Um, no, no, not from your husband or from your kids. Um, if, if you could have anything thrown under that tree. Okay, well, I'm going to throw one in here. I would like your new redwood piccolo, because I've just seen it. <laughs> it's absolutely stunning. And I'd also like, because I, I can't just leave it at the, the piccolo, which is the most beautiful-looking instrument, I would like another of your uh, new flutes, uh, your concert flute, uh, which has two coloured keys, mm. copper-coated keys. So that's the problem, in bringing down to you, on two days before Christmas, two prototype flutes that we're looking at going live with, because you want them already, don't you? I want them right now, yes. <laughs> I mean, Look. it looks so... If we talk about the one with the copper, copper keys, yeah. tell me what you've done. Right, I think for me, it was looking at, other brands such as Christian Louboutin, and, and you always know someone that's wearing those shoes because you see this little red, tint of red underneath. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for red. I've only ever worn red socks. You know, it's just me. Part of me is red. But flute players, it's always silver or gold, or you have gold tube with silver keys or very rarely the opposite way around or gold lip plate. But they're always really expensive. And what I would... It was just a th- this thing in my head. Could we do something that was visually different that could be made available to all? Now, obviously, if you make them in solid gold, that's expensive. And we have a copper alto flute, which we sell around the world, which is really popular. And I just wondered whether we could have sort of a copper lacquer. If we utilise copper lacquer, which didn't then affect the strength of the flute keys, could we have the keys covered in it? And then I thought, actually, that would be a bit too much. It would look a bit sort of, a bit too blingy. So instead, then my mad idea was to come up with the G-sharp key. So it's the lever and the key cup at the back. And the D-sharp, so the two little pinky fingers um, with the copper lacquer on it. It looks wonderful. Really wonderful. And it, it brings back memories because I've got a Louis Lott head joint. You showed me that a long time ago. And it was what's interesting. I've never seen one since. It's got a little gold yeah. plaque a little oval gold plaque uh, on the body of the head joint. When I used to, used to play it in concerts, people always came up and said, what are you playing? How lovely. It was a lovely little bit of decoration. And this will be the same thing, that it, will ju- it just stands out from the crowd. Yeah, so if, say for example, um, you know, we're talking about a prototype here. I haven't even shown anybody. I've, I've flicked it out on social media and the feedback is, well, what is that? And I've been sort of, purposely I, we use social media as a gauge a visual gauge and then it goes out for testing and you're the first person that's actually physically seen them both so for me when the aim would be to put the well, whether we put them on all the flutes whether they do a limited edition i know you've already said when i first when you first saw them 
perhaps we should put them on all flutes for a year. Because visually, when you stand up, if someone's playing or you're playing an orchestra or band or you're doing a solo, you can see these two little gold bits. Yeah, it, it makes you feel special because it's a little bit different. Oh, I like to feel special. I need yeah. to feel special, Claire. I think it's a great, I think it's an absolutely great idea. I mean, we've got flutes that are made out of plastic and they're bright green or bright red or yeah. bright orange, but they're not flutes you might be able to play in concerts. Mm. But this flute, yes, you can. It's a really good flute and it, it just looks very classy. Just got to be very careful how we... I don't really don't know how to work it at the moment. I have some ideas, which perhaps we'll talk about it when I've crystallised it on another podcast on how we actually do it. But, yeah, you've given the game away. <laughs> Good. It's a lovely flute. Yeah, we're we're going to take it to. I was going to take it to the NAM show in January, which is North American Music Merchants, the world's biggest music fair, and show it to our distributors because it just visually different because it comes in a cherry wood case. So the two sort of they they, they look like rose gold, but they're actually copper lacquer. Yep, very clever. And the redwood is just redwood. It's from the Grenadilla family, but uh, from the Delbergia family. But it is a bright, ready color. It's so rich and warm. Yeah. It's a beautiful instrument. And that will be, we are going live with that. And again, we're launching at NAM in January, but we, that'll be available during next year. Mm. So you can't have them under your tree yet? Not yet. Maybe next year. Well, yeah. <laughs> Who knows with our wacky creative team back at base? <laughs> they do lots of things. I mean, and we're going to carry, we are going to cover this in the next podcast, which is Open G Sharp, which I'm surprised you didn't bring that in to come under your tree because your passion. And we won't bore people because as soon as you start talking about G sharp, open G sharp flutes, my eyes sort of tend to, I tend to have um, sort of lead weights on my eyes. And I tend to start snoring. But our technical, I know you're, you're scowling at me now, our technical director has a passion for Rudelkart on the open G sharp. And he's developed a new open G sharp flute, which is coming out in 2020. So we'll cover that next. Cover that on the next time. Yeah. So what about you at Christmas? What traditions do you have? Uh, well, all my grown-up kids are back, and we, like you, but you start it differently, we start a puzzle on the 1st of December. We start our Christmas mm-hmm. puzzle. Now, I know it's been going longer in your household, because you start on Boxing Day, don't you? It's always my time off, because Christmas is really busy. So for, I, I can't even remember how many years, but it must be at least 25 years, I always buy myself a puzzle. I buy it, I've already bought mine this year. So buy it in November, December, and um, it has to fit on the table, so it's normally about 2,000 pieces. It's a very big table you have in here. Yeah, it's not this table, it's the the coffee table. Yep. And um, Boxing Day morning, everyone's crashed out. I I come down, make a cup of tea, and I start my Christmas puzzle, and I love it. And everyone joins in now. Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure whether I like that or not. But it's, it's great, and it normally lasts at least a couple of weeks, maybe mm-hmm. three weeks. It depends, because they're normally quite complicated. This year I've bought, it's, I think it's called something like the candy shop. It's just three shelves of jars of colored, different coloured sweets. Oh, that's enough to drive anybody mad, isn't it? It's going to be quite tricky. Uh, mine's only a 1,000 pieces. Um, so we begin You're on... lightweight. <laughs> I'm not as the, the tradition is only a few years old. And do you, do you always start with the outside? I do. Well, this is another interesting thing. I always have to do the border. I get all the straight pieces to do the border. Right. My husband 
goes for something he spotted in the picture. That's what I do, yeah. And he puts all these loose pieces all around, which is really messy. I like to be organised. So that really frustrates me. Yeah, we have that problem. Is that I see, like, Father Christmas or I see a boat or something, and I just want to find that boat. I, mean, I sort of become visually attracted to that one thing, which drives everybody nuts. Yes. So I rely totally on the partners of my kids to come along and actually help because I'm always, every year, I'm sure there's bits missing. So am I, especially with 2,000 pieces. Yeah. And there have been a couple of years where, yes, there has been a oh, piece really? missing. So two years ago, it was so frustrating. I've been looking for a particular piece for weeks. And anyway, we had to put the puzzle away with this one piece missing. And then sort of four months later, I found it down the, the <laughs> side of the chair. Very frustrating. But there you go. That's the problem with puzzles and also having dogs because our two golden retrievers, their tails are puzzle height. Yeah. So they, when they go around the table wagging their tails, they take off any glasses that are there, but also pieces. Mm. So we have to be quite careful. But Kriya, so Christmas for me is, you know, I do try and chill. I do try and sort of switch off. Obviously, I love cooking, so I'm in the kitchen wanting to do the turkey. Say so we have turkey on Christmas Day and they have turkey in America on Thanksgiving. I don't actually know if they have turkey on Christmas Day or not, again. But for me, it is about relaxing, having fun, laughing, and generally putting off any thoughts of work or even flutes until a couple of days later. But we have lots of music and, you know, it's just nice to connect with people. It is. It's nice to get to get together with, with family and friends and try and keep it as stress-free as possible, although I do tend to get a bit stressed trying to make sure I've remembered everything. Mothers do tend to get stressed, don't they? I say to my good lady, Jane, you know, because she, she often gets quite stressed, and I say, what are you stressed about? And it's because you're so organised, you run the house, you make sure everything is in the right place at the right time, mm. and I am not the cleanest cook. <laughs> Neither is Rolf. No, and I always buy a turkey that's too big. I buy a f tree that's too tall, and I often have to chop the tree. Yeah. Ah, we have okay. major arguments over the size of the tree. So do we. But uh, we're the other way around. I want a bigger tree, and Rolf wants a smaller tree. I always want the bigger turkey because my favourite part of Christmas turkey is the sandwiches. Oh, 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 absolutely. Turkey sandwiches. So I need to have enough. So we always get enough for an army. But we often have a lot of people here around Christmas, so it works out quite How well. How long do you keep your turkey for afterwards? Because there's always this thing, once the turkey's cooked, do you cook it on Christmas morning or Christmas yes. Eve? You do, yeah. Christmas morning. Yeah. yeah. How long, how many days afterwards? Well, I like to try Probably five or six days. Yeah, some of that as well, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, all sorts of things are made. Uh, turkey and ham pie, turkey soup, turkey sandwiches, turkey curry. You name it, we make it. Yeah, I don't have turkey, and, and I love turkey. I don't have it any other time of the year. No, isn't it strange? It is, and it's so good yeah. for you because it's low in fat, isn't it? Well, if you're not, as long as you're not a vegetarian or vegan, obviously. But, but uh, so are you going to be playing, or are you going to just take time out? No, nope, time out. Really? Yes, time out, absolutely. I have too much cooking and drinking to do. Ah, that's also, I have to provide stockings for all my, my adult children. Shh. <laughs> And, and and partners and husband and dogs. Uh, Everyone gets a stocking. Hang on, you actually provide them for partners as well? Yeah. That's above and beyond the call of duty, that, Claire. I think it's very important. You can't have 
people staying that don't have a stocking. Yes, you can. No, you can't. It's not fair. Everyone should have a stocking. All uh, right. Is there Satsuma in it? Of course. <laughs> Chocolate coins. Chocolate coins, yeah. yeah. Anything else? Well, I can't tell you because it would give the game away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Joe might be listening to this. <laughs> so, Claire, it's, it's been a wonderful year, hasn't it? It's been a really good year. The Our podcast numbers are excellent. We've sort of grown it throughout 2019. And I, th- I think looking at the numbers yesterday, we're one and a half million streams. So thank you to everybody for listening. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening. It's, it's great to have your comments and thoughts and questions because it's quite difficult just talking into a microphone. It and is. Well, it's certainly when the questions come over and I say, Claire, this one's for you. Yeah, but you don't, you don't know how people are reacting. But no. it's, it's, uh, we've had some really lovely messages saying they love the diversity and this one is certainly diverse. And um, the, the range of topics and the range of the, the different flute players we, we chat to. And um, we hope for lots more of the same come 2020. Yeah, we were having a chat just over coffee, as it always over coffee, before we started this podcast about... Because we do two. We have the Talking Flutes and the Talking Flutes Extra, which is the one that, that I do, the, the sort of the not sort of so serious one. And... What I'd like to know is, from, certainly from the listeners, is how to diversify more. In other words, being the professor at the Royal Academy of Music, as you are, and an international player, soloist, author, mother, golfer, and everything else, you, you can, you're, you're pl- well-placed to actually give flute-playing advice and flute-playing tips when the questions come in. And we've had loads over the course of this year. I'd like to probably branch out a bit sort of sideways and I don't know how to do that I don't know where I should go at the moment well I think we should go to the listeners I think that if we could involve our listeners a little bit more mm-hmm. so if you've got a story to tell oh yes good idea flute related about you know how you work how you play um, how you practice how you fit if you're a professional how your career is going or if you're an amateur how you uh, create musical opportunities, if you play in groups, how do you find it? Introduce, get people to actually be part of the podcast. To be part of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so we'd like to involve you all a little bit more and see how that goes. Oh, that's a really good idea. And also, if anyone's ever in London, I, should, I fancy doing some podcasts in a wine bar or somewhere in a pub. Sounds great idea to me. Yeah, it might be a bit noisy, mightn't it? Uh, those of you that know Claire know that you, you get a look when it's you get a disapproving look. <laughs> Claire, happy Christmas to you. And for those of you who celebrate Christmas, and a Merry Christmas to you too. If you don't, we celebrate this time of the year, but you're just taking a few days out. Have a wonderful, relaxing time. And wishing everybody a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And also for me, wishing you all a a very happy holiday time, Mm -hmm. uh, wherever it may be, whoever you may be with, and lots of happy fluting. For the next year and um, we look forward to hearing your comments and views and questions for 2020 yeah as you can hear the music's already started we're being played out again by jose's music called chestnuts roasting on an open fire it's his variation of it claire happy christmas to you season's greetings happy holidays everybody and we return with talking flutes on january the 6th 2020 goodbye
Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.